Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of original of a Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse on the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation. And this morning we'll be reading Section 4, Specialness and Salvation, as well as Section, did I say 4? I meant 5, Specialness and Salvation, as well as Section 6, The Resolution of the Dream. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 262, let me perceive no differences today. And I just couldn't think of a better poem than this one for opening this morning. It's from Paralyzed Amazon in his book, 40 Prayers. And the poem itself is called Pouring. The tender one inside each one is you. The quiet one inside each one is you. The one I love inside each one is you. Beloved, you pour into so many faces, I forget who I'm talking to. I want to be faithful, but you keep winking at me from all these eyes. My heart has a confession. It's in love with the sky and the great mountain there and the way they touch each other here inside me. Sometimes they're so gentle they hardly move. <coughs> Pardon me. Then soft rain runs down. Sometimes lightning leaps up and a wild howling follows. Beloved, you keep pouring this moment into the next and you don't leave a clue how you do it. I'm in love with that pouring. Let me perceive no differences today. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Oh, I love that poem. Thank you, guys, um, for the privilege. Would you please send that to me, please, Lori? Really need that. Today. I will. I'd be happy to, Judy. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. I have Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Jennifer, Harrison, Sandra. And we're joined in listening this morning by Ida, Kristen, Judy, and Yogi Chris. Has anyone else joined us? Good morning, um, Karen. Listening. Good morning, Karen. And did you say you're listening? Yes, thank you. Okay, glad you're here. And Jessica, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I can read. All right, thank you very much. 
excuse me one minute I just have this little frog in my throat okay so here we go again 24 specialness and separation with section 5 specialness and salvation beginning today with paragraph 34 Specialness is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself. Faith is invested in yourself alone. Everything else becomes your enemy. Feared and attacked, deadly and dangerous, hated and worthy only of destruction. Whatever gentleness it offers is but deception, but its hate is real. In danger of destruction it must kill, and you are drawn to it to kill it first and such is guilt's attraction here is death enthroned as savior crucifixion is now redemption and salvation can only mean destruction of the world except yourself uh, Lemoyne all right uh, chapter 24 specialness and separation section 5 specialness and salvation specialness is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself faith is invested in yourself alone everything else becomes your enemy feared and attacked deadly and dangerous hated and worthy only of destruction whatever gentleness it offers is but deception but its hate is real in danger of destruction it must kill and you are drawn to kill it first or excuse me and you are drawn to it to kill it first and such is guilt's attraction here is death enthroned a savior crucifixion is now redemption and salvation can only mean destruction of the world except yourself what could the purpose of the body be but specialness and it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense it was conceived to make you frail and helpless the goal of separation is its curse yet bodies have no goal purpose is of the mind and minds can change as they desire what they are and all their attributes they cannot change but what they hold as purpose can be changed and the body states must shift accordingly of itself the body can do nothing see it as a means to hurt and it is hurt see it as means to heal and it is healed thank you Lemoyne and Fran 35 what could the purpose of the body be but specialness and it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense it was conceived to make youth frail and helpless the goal of separation is its curse 
Yet bodies have no goal. Purpose is of the mind, and minds can change as they desire. What they are and all their attributes, they cannot change. But what they hold as purpose can be changed, and body states must shift accordingly. Of itself, the body can do nothing. See it as means to hurt, and it is hurt. See it as means to heal, and it is healed. 36. You can but hurt yourself. This has been oft-repeated, but is difficult to grasp as yet. To minds intent on specialness, it is impossible. Yet to those who wish to heal and not attack, it is quite obvious. The purpose of attack is in the mind, and its effects are felt, but where it is. Nor is mind limited, so must it be that harmful purpose hurts the mind as one. Nothing could make less sense to specialness. Nothing could make more sense to miracles. For miracles are merely change of purpose from hurt to healing. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Thirty-six. <clears throat> you can but hurt yourself. This has been oft repeated, but it is difficult to grasp as yet. To mind intent on specialness, it is impossible. Yet to those who wish to heal and not attack, it is quite obvious. The purpose of attack is in the mind, and its effects are felt but where it is. Nor is mind limited. So must it be that harmful purpose hurts the mind as one. Nothing could make less sense to specialness. Nothing could make more sense to miracles. For miracles are merely change of purpose from hurt to healing. 37. This shift in purpose does, quote, endanger, unquote, specialness, but only in the sense that all illusions are quote, threatened, unquote, by the truth. They will not stand before it. Yet what comfort has ever been in them that you would keep the gift your father asks from him and give it there instead? Given to him, the universe is yours. Offered to them, no gifts can be returned. What you have given specialness has left you bankrupt and your treasure house barren and empty with an open door inviting everything that would disturb your peace to enter and destroy. Thank you, Robin Bree and Jennifer. 37. This shift in purpose does, quote-unquote, endanger specialness, because only in the sense that all illusions are threatened by the truth, they will not stand before it. Yet what, yet what comfort has ever been in them that you would keep the gift your father asked from him and give it there instead? Given to him, the universe is yours. 
offered to them, no gifts can be returned. What you have, given specialness, has left you bankrupt, and your treasure house barren, and empty with an open door inviting everything that would disturb your peace to enter and destroy. 38. Long ago, we said, we said, consider not the means by which salvation is attained, nor how to reach it. But do consider, and consider well, whether it is your wish that you might see your brother sinless. To specialness, the answer must be no. A sinless brother is its enemy, while sin, if it were possible, would be its friend. Your brother's sin would justify itself and give it meaning that the truth denies. All that is real proclaims his sinlessness. <laughs> All that is false proclaims his sins as real. If he is sinful, then is your reality not real, but just a dream of specialness which lasts an instant instant, crumbling into death. Thank you, Jennifer. And Harrison. Long ago, we said, consider not the means by which salvation is attained, nor how to reach it but do consider and consider well whether it is your wish that you might see your brother sinless. To specialness, the answer must be, quote, unquote, no. A sinless brother is its enemy. While sin, if it were possible, would be its friend. Your brother's sins would justify itself and give it meaning that the truth denies. All that is real proclaims his sinlessness. All that is false proclaims his sins as real. If he is sinful, then is your reality not real, but just a dream of specialness which lasts an instant, crumbling into dust. 39. Do not defend the senseless dream in which God is bereft of what he loves and you remain beyond salvation. Only this is certain in the sifting world which has no meaning in reality. 
when peace is not with you entirely, and when you suffer pain of any kind, you have beheld some sin within your brother and have rejoiced at what you thought was there. Your specialness seems safe because of it, and thus you saved what you appointed to be your sphere and crucified the one whom God has given you instead. So are you bound with him, for you are one. And so this specialness is, quote-unquote, enemy, and yours as well. Thank you, Harrison. And Sandra, if you'd like to do that paragraph and then just roll right into the next section, please. Okay. 39. Do not defend this senseless dream in which God is bereft of what he loves, and you remain beyond salvation. Only this is certain in this shifting world which has no meaning in reality. When peace is not with you entirely, and when you suffer pain of any kind, you have beheld some sin within your brother, and have rejoiced at what you thought was there. Your specialness seems safe because of it. And thus you saved what you appointed to be your Savior and crucified the one whom God has given you instead. So are you bound with him, for you are one. And so is specialness his enemy and yours as well. Specialness and Separation, Chapter 24, Part 6. The Resolution of the Dream 40. The Christ in you is very still. He looks at what he loves and knows it as himself. And thus does he rejoice at what he sees because he knows that it is one with him and with his Father. Specialness, too, takes joy in what it sees, although it is not true. Yet what you seek for is a source of joy as you conceive it. What you wish is true for you. What you wish is true for you. Nor is it possible that you can wish for something and lack faith that it is so. Wishing makes real as surely as does will create. Wishing makes real as surely as does will create. The power of a wish upholds illusion as strongly as does love extend itself, except that one deludes and the other heals. Thank you, Sandra. Um, and Jessica. Okay, thank you. Paragraph 40. Oh, um, this is from Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, Part 6, The Resolution of the Dream. 40. The Christ in you is very still. 
He looks on what he loves and knows it as himself. And thus does he rejoice at what he sees because he knows that it is one with him and with his father. Specialness, too, takes joy in what it sees, although it is not true. Yet what you seek for is a source of joy as you conceive it. What you wish is true for you, nor is it possible that you can wish for something and lack faith that it is so. Wishing makes real, as surely as does will create. The power of a wish upholds illusions as strongly as does love extend itself, except that one deludes, the other heals. 41. There is no dream of specialness, however hidden or disguised the form, however lovely it may seem to be, however much it delicately offers the hope of peace and the escape from pain in which you suffer not your condemnation. In dreams, effect and cause are interchanged. For here the maker of the dream believes that what he made is happening to him. He does not realize he picked a thread from here, a scrap from there, and wove a picture out of nothing. For the parts do not belong together. The whole contributes nothing to the parts to give them meaning. Thank you, Jessica. And would there be a new reader for 41 and 42? New reader for 41 and 42. I can read. Okay, I'm Lori. Well, thank just you, Lana. Give me thank you. Second. Just give me a second. Um, 40. Okay. 41. There is no dream of specialness, however hidden or disguised the form, however lovely it may seem to be, however much it delicately offers the hope of peace and the escape from pain, in which you suffer not your condemnation. In dreams, effect and cause are interchanged, for here the maker of the dream believes that what he made is happening to him. He does not realize he picked a thread from here, a scrap from there, and wove a picture out of nothing. For the parts do not belong together, and the whole contributes nothing to the parts to give them meaning. 42. Where could your peace arise but from forgiveness? The Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. 
identify with him and what has he, I'm sorry, identify with him and what has he that you have not? He is your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. How gentle are the sights he sees, the sounds he hears. How beautiful his hand that holds his brothers and how lovingly he walks beside him, showing him what can be seen and heard and where he will see nothing. There is no sound to hear. Thank you, Anna. And is there another new reader for 42 and 43? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay, 42. Where could your peace arise but from forgiveness? The Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. Identify with him, and what has he that you have not? He is your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. How gentle are the sights he sees, the sounds he hears. How beautiful his hand that holds his brothers, and how lovingly he walks beside him, showing him what can be seen and heard and where he will see nothing and there is no sound to hear. Yet let your specialness direct his way and you will follow and both will walk in danger, each intent in the dark forest of the sightless, unlit but by the shine. I'm going to start that again. And both will walk in danger, each intent in the dark forest of the sightless, unlit but by the shifting tiny gleams that spark an instant from the fireflies of sin and then go out to lead the other to a nameless precipice and hurl him over. For what can specialness delight? For what can specialness delight in but to kill what does it seek for but the sight of death where does it lead but to destruction yet think not that it looked upon your brother first nor hated him before it hated you the sin its eyes behold in him and love to look upon it saw in you and looks on still with joy Yet is it joy to look upon decay and madness and believe this crumbling thing with flesh already loosened from the bone and sightless holes for eyes is like yourself? Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 43. 
Yet let your specialness direct his way, and you will follow. And both will walk in danger, each intent, in the dark forest of the sightless, unlit but by the shifting tiny gleams that spark an instant from the fireflies of sin, and then go out to lead the other to a nameless precipice and hurl him over it. For what can specialness delight in but to kill? What does it seek for but the sight of death? Where does it lead but to destruction? And think not that it looked upon your brother first, nor hated him before it hated you. The sin his eyes behold in him and love to look upon, it saw in you and looks on still with joy. Yet is it joy to look upon decay and madness and believe this crumbling thing with flesh already loosened from the bones and sightless holes for eyes is like yourself? 44. Rejoice. You have no eyes with which to see, no ears to listen, and no hands to hold nor feet to guide. Be glad that only Christ can lend you his while you have need of them. They are illusions too, as much as yours. And yet, because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead is given light that you may lead as you were led. Thank you, Fran. And Reverend Bree. Forty-four. <clears throat> Rejoice, you have no eyes with which to see, no ears to listen, and no hands to hold, nor feet to guide. Be glad that only Christ can lend you his while you have need of them. They are illusions, too, as much as yours. And yet, because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead is given light that you may lead as you were led. 45. The Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going. And he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. For what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home? He looked upon you first, but recognized that you were not complete. And so he sought for your completion in each living thing that he beholds and loves and seeks it still that each might offer you the love of God. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jennifer. Okay, uh, 45. The question is, is very still. He knows where you are going, 
and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him, whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. For what but Christ is there to see and hear and love and follow home? He looked upon you first, but recognized that you were not complete. And he so, and so he thought for your completion in, in each living thing that he will hold in love and seeks it still that each might offer you the love for 46. Yet is he quiet, for he knows that love is in you now and safely held in you by that same hand that holds your brothers in your own. Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself. He gives them vision for their sightless eyes and sings to them of heaven that their ears may hear no more the sound of battle and of death. He reaches through them, holding out his hands that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness. And he rejoices that these sights are, are yours to look upon with him and share his joy. His perfect lack of specialness, he offers you that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to yourself. The sight of Christ is all there is to see. The song of Christ is all there is the hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with Him. Thank you, Jennifer and Harrison. Glad to read this paragraph. Forty-six. Yet is he quiet, for he knows that love is in you now and safely held in you by the same hand that holds your brothers in your own. Christ's hand holds all his brothers in himself. He gives them vision for their sightless eyes and sings to them of heaven that their ears may hear no more the sound of battle and of death. He reaches through them, holding out his hand 
that everyone may bless all living things and see their holiness. And he rejoices that these sights are yours to look upon with him and share his joy. His perfect lack of specialness he offers you that you may save all living things from death, receiving from each one the gift of life that your forgiveness offers to yourself. The sight of Christ is all there is to see. The song of Christ is all there is to hear. The hand of Christ is all there is to hold. There is no journey but to walk with him. 47. You who would be content with specialness and seek salvation in a war with love, consider this. The Holy Lord of Heaven has Himself come down to you to offer you your own completion. What is His is yours because in your completion is his own. He who will not to be without his son should never will that you be brotherless. And would he give a brother unto you except he be as perfect as yourself and just like to him and in holiness as you must be. Thank you, Harrison. And Sandra. 47. You who would be content with specialness and seek salvation in a war with love Consider this, the Holy Lord of Heaven has himself come down to you to offer you your own completion. What is he who is yours because in your completion is his own? Sorry, what is his is yours because in your completion is his own. He who will not to be without his son could never will that you be brotherless. And would he give a brother unto you except he be as perfect as yourself and just as like to him in holiness as you must be? 48. There must be doubt before there can be conflict and every doubt must be about yourself. Christ has no doubt. 
and from his certainty, his quiet, his quiet comes. He will exchange his certainty for all your doubts if you agree that he is one with you and that this oneness is endless, timeless, and within your grasp because your hands are his. He is within you, yet he walks beside you and before, leading the way that he must go to find himself complete. His quietness becomes your certainty. And where is doubt when certainty has come? Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, Jessica. Okay. <clears throat> 48. There must be doubt before there can be conflict. And every doubt must be about yourself. Christ has no doubt. And from his certainty, his quiet comes. He will exchange his certainty for all your doubts if you agree that he is one with you and that his oneness is endless, timeless, and within your grasp because his hands, because your hands are his. He is within you, yet he walks beside you and before, leading the way that he must go to find himself complete. His quietness becomes your certainty. And where is doubt when certainty has come? Amen. My goodness, what a reading. Thank you, everyone, who lent their voices this morning. For everyone who joined and heard and came together with us today. So, Fran, we'll turn it over to you. Um, to lead us in our reflection this morning. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is the body? And today's lesson is lesson 262. Let me perceive no differences today. So I shall read some from what is the body, and then we'll go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is the body? The body is a fence the Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of his self from other parts. It is within this fence he thinks he lives, to die as it decays and crumbles. But within this fence he thinks that he is safe from love. Identifying with its safety, he regards himself as what his safety is. How else? Could he be certain he remains within the body, keeping love outside? You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Last one in, first one out. Not fair. Someone's not on mute. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. 
Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find your true self. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 262. Let me perceive no differences today. Father, you have one son, and it is he that I would look upon today. He is your one creation. Why should I perceive a thousand forms and what remains as one? Why should I give this one a thousand names when only one suffices? For your son must bear your name, for you created him. Let me not see him as a stranger to his father, nor a stranger to myself. For he is part of me and I of him, and we are part of you who are our source. Eternally united in your love, eternally the Holy Son of God. We who are one would recognize this day the truth about ourselves. We would come home and rest in unity. For there is peace and nowhere else can peace be sought and found. Lesson 262, let me perceive no differences today. Five minutes.
Lesson 262. Let me perceive no differences today. Amen. 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 Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Well, in the text today, this is Ida. Um, I'm impressed by the fact that he says that Christ is our hands and our feet and our eyes and our ears. I guess I used to look at that metaphorically, but now I look at that literally. Like there are no other hands to hold except Christ. When I hold someone's hand, for another person's hand and it feels good I'm really holding Christ's hand and I never looked at it literally until today and so that really impresses me thank you I'm complete no that's marvelous Ida thank you that time when recently when um, I was having a hard time on the other call and Reverend Pam said take the hand of Jesus and I did I felt it and it felt like the hand of Jesus it really did I was moved very moved thanks again thanks Ida Oh, I Thanks, love Ida. Ida. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Ida. Good morning. This is Sandra. And let me perceive no differences today. Because if I am a cherished daughter of God, then so are you, or son, whatever cherished child of God, then so are you, because I can't get there without my brother. And the thousand forms that I perceive in my brother are all my judgments that separate me, not only from myself, but from my brother, because when I judge my brother, I separate. First and foremost, I separate from my true self, because I'm not here to judge I'm here to call on God or call on my Holy Spirit 
That's their job. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. I'm going to add some more. This is Sandra again. I'm also here when I'm not judging my brother to hold a space for my brother and sister and mother and father, past, present, and future, and children and grandchildren. Because I don't always like their behaviors. But I can see them and myself as innocent, as Children of God, because there are no differences. They just might be in a different place than I am. But if I don't hold that space for them, they're never going to, to evolve forward into becoming the truth of who they are, into not becoming, they are the truth, into being the truth that they are. Because that's the goal, is to be it. This becoming part is like... Enough already. <laughs> Let's just be it. Let's be the example of the living Christ here on earth. I'm complete. Thank you, Thank you. Good morning. It's Harrison. Hi. Think about this lesson. Uh, it is um, does he really mean no differences in anything? He says that God has one son. And it is he that I would look upon today. He is your one creation. One self. In order for me to recognize God's one son, I must recognize the oneness of ourself with the capital S. No differences. That's why I can't judge by behavior. I can't judge by appearances what my eyes and ears and my senses, bodily senses, show me. That's how I typically judge differences. 
But what Jesus is telling me is there are no differences. And if I want to see myself as God's one son, his one creation, I must see that that one son encompasses everybody and everything. Father, you have one son, and it is he that I would look upon today. So, when I look upon what my eyes are showing me, then I can translate that whatever my eyes light on as being one time. No differences. Why should I regard, perceive a thousand forms in what remains as one? Why should I give my brothers a thousand names when only one suffices? When I think about all of the problems, quote unquote, that I seem to have in the world, it all relates to my perception of differences, different treatment, different perspectives, different opinions, different political beliefs, different behaviors, those are the things that keep me from my peace, from my happiness. Even my different feelings, even differences of the body, I'm sick, I'm well. All of those differences keep me from realizing that I am God's one son. I'm part of him. He's part of me. We're part of God. Eternally united 
in his love. Eternally, the Holy Son of God. It takes effort, mental effort, to realize the truth of these ideas. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. I'd like permission, Harrison, to dialogue with you a little bit, if that's okay with you and the group. This is Sandra, by the way. I found my only concern is that others may want to share, and I certainly don't want to monopolize the time. But I'd be happy. I agree. That's why I asked permission. So if you're willing and if the group okays it, then we can do it. If not, we don't have to. Yeah, maybe we can do it. That's true. Yeah. I'm okay. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Fine with me. Um, okay. Um, I just, I wonder, I approach it a little bit differently, <laughs> is that I, I embrace the differences. I mean, include the differences. Um, and it seems like for me to wrap my brain around that there's no differences, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't fit for me. So I want to discuss that more and see where um, your thoughts were going when you said there were no differences and, and how I could wrap myself around it to see everything the same when... The beauty of life is is the differences. I don't know. I, I'd like to hear more. I'm complete. So the question for me is, what is the source of those differences? Is it is it what my physical senses are showing uh, is it what my eyes see what my ears tell me it, is that how I judge differences or am I looking from my seeing from my heart, I guess. Am I understanding that God created one son and 
if there's only one, there are no differences in that one. I don't know if that's helpful, Sandra. Maybe someone else to chime in as well. Yeah, hey guys, and I didn't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, Harrison. And please, anybody who wants to be part of this, I, I just because for me the the uh, the differences are all creation. If there's if there's no differences in there, then it seems like there's no creativity. There's no creation. So yeah, anybody else? Oh, the floor is open. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Sandra. That was a great question. And what came to mind to me, this is Jennifer, is we all are looking for love. We're all, we all come from love. We're all unique. Differences poses a judgment. But you proposes a, a uh, we all come from the same place, but we, we're a different um, or we're a unique um, uh, from the same light. So all I can say is we're all, so my first judgment, I, I just had three days with my mom, and um, boy, that's a real test of how am I doing <laughs> um, with um, going back to God, you know, every morning and every every moment that I can carry it through my day after these calls. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> just noticed my you know, my judge my judgments as they came and sometimes they came out and it was corrected on the spot. But I when my when someone is uh saying something that stings or you feel a judgment and then you're judging all that crap, um, it's a call for love. And we're all we all we all are love <clears throat> but we're unique expressions of it. And when we're disconnected from love, uh, from what, from each other, um, you know, it's a, a opportunity to go back. So I just <clears throat> that's what came to me. Uh, I'm complete. Thank you for the question, Father. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. And however, there's there's we're not here to judge. What if we're not judging the differences, but we're embracing them and including them and loving them because it's all part of creation? Well, I I'm think complete. I'd love to. I think. Thank you. I would. I would love to. Um, to express my understanding of a high guys, Jude. I have um, really um, stand fast in the truth of capital reality as. The Course defines it to us, that reality is of God, it's spirit, and it's purely mind, it's consciousness, and that all that is expressed is what we see through the body, because the body is an expression, that we made the body as, as an expression of, of, of love, to love and be loved. But the, um, the metaphysical understanding, it's... It's beyond the mind, the, the, the knowing, the difference between knowing 
knowledge, the knowledge of God, that knowledge knows everything as itself, that God knows everything as itself, that love knows everything as itself, that everything God created is love, an expression of love, it's wholly beneficent, and it's all for our, 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 our happiness and to give us, extend peace because it's all in the unity and the state of grace. And that's beyond perception. It's beyond the physical instrument, the body of perception, which perceives all the differences which are all beautiful. I mean, what, what God created, what we think of as nature and natural, is all such a wonder and a mystery. And, and that beautiful piece that Laureate brought to us this morning in opening, that I see God in everything, in, in God's holy creation, as an expression, a beautiful individual expression, myriads, thousands, I mean, when you think about all the different kinds of species of different birds and animals and trees and flowers, it's, the multiplicity is, is endless throughout the universe. And, and, it, and it all, to me, is just beautiful. And I totally identify with what you shared, Sandra, that we can perceive it, that God created perception so that we could perceive God. That was the initial, original purpose of us journeying into this, this supposed um, uh, separation, the separation and the division. It wasn't designed, the divine design wasn't intended to make us be alone and, and lonely and in competition and comparison, but that's what the ego thought system made of it. And so that's what we're, we're learning to undo in ourselves, to go back to our original factory settings where we know that we look beyond perception, beyond the differences, and just see the glorious expression of the one self, that we are united in one spirit, one mind, and one holy heart that sees everything through the eyes of love without the need for forgiveness, because it doesn't judge one thing as better or worse, good or bad. It simply understands everything has its perfect place, perfect place in time and space, because it's a time and space continuum. Everything that passes, everything that changes, is not who we are. Who we are to stand in the changeless peace and joy Limitless joy, limitless peace, limited happiness. That is who we are in mind and spirit when we know of our completion, our oneness and our wholeness, because we're not in opposition to any of it. We're not in conflict with any of it. We don't judge or evaluate or condemn any of it. That's what it means to me to look with Christ's vision and hear only the voice of God. I see it in only one way, one whole complete way, without division. There's no division in it. It's all necessary. It's all got its place. It's all got its time. And it's, it's wholeness and completion. It's oneness 
is what makes it indivisibly, indivisibly incapable for me to judge any part of it. Because to judge part of it is to judge God, is to judge the whole oneness of it. Holiness is not partial. It's in every part. Innocence is not partial. It's in every part. So it's a higher, just a, one step closer to heaven for me to understand and to embrace that as what's true. And one thing that really helped me to understand the metaphysical part, that vision and to hear the voice of God, it's soundless and formless. And I can't use the body to, to access it, to have a portal to it. It comes from my wanting to see it, wanting to know it, wanting to remember it. And it, and it, and it, it can't be perceived. Perception and knowing the Course teaches us are two different things. Who and what we are is beyond perception because we're not an image. We're not a concept. We're limitless and undefinable and immeasurable. And that's the metaphysical part. It's beyond physical. It's beyond material. It's beyond an, being an object or a something. And the Course speaks of that. You want to make yourself into a something. A little something. <laughs> You're denying the grandeur and glory of the of the way God created us. So this is what the course brought to me. I hope that's helpful. I love you all, and be with me today, and hold me in your heart and love. I'm going through some worldly things that might be a cause. I could call them a cause for fear, but I'm refusing that and acknowledging my completion in perfect love. Today. I'm going to see Christ in everybody's eyes and wink and nod at every, everybody as the Christ in me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. This is Charles. If I may share. Um, thanks for the question. Um, and thank you for all your shares. Um, there is but one voice of which I hear being shared today on this call. And that one voice comes in various different tones. There is but one awareness. Yeah, the awareness comes from various different ways of being aware. There is one source. There is one beauty. Yet, there's many ways that beauty is expressed. There is one love, yet there is many ways that love is expressed. It's internal for me of my experience as it is for each one I feel is an internal experience. And as I feel into knowing that, I realize that everyone comes from an inside-out perspective. And there is no one answer that is universal as perceptual perceiving. 
there's only in a personal experience. I think the Course says universal theology is impossible, but experience can be shared as one. So there is no way of making one theology that people can believe in. There is no one book, there is no one teacher, there is no one person that we can believe in to give us the truth. And that's why God gave us the voice for truth inside each of us so that we can identify the truth as we would experience that same voice in another. That one voice in the flower, the beauty within the rocks, the trees, the planet, the stars. That one voice that radiates from the sheer awareness itself. So I just thought I'd share how I experience it and how I experience this call with you guys. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Charles. That was great. Thank you, Charles. This is Lana. Um, Yes, thank you, Charles. Yes, that was lovely, Charles. Um, I I just have loved every one of the shares, you know, and, and I just wanted to add a couple things that helped to bring me clarity. About, about differences <laughs> and and that is that I I try to remind myself that there there is my human experience and then there's my spiritual truth and uh, when I become confused as to what is what I think Jesus calls that level confusion when I'm identifying with uh, my human part of me. It's its kind of like a once upon a time story. You know, once upon a time, we knew and were aware um, and were conscious of our truth. And um, when the separation occurred or the fall, I mean, before that, we didn't even need a, a written or spoken language. We just communicated mind to mind and heart to heart, but we forgot, you know, and in our forgetfulness, you know, uh, God is leading us back to him. And I think it comes through phases and an evolution of consciousness. And and I do think um, we are, um, all we're doing here is re-experiencing uh, life in in each life and each time we come into form, and I believe there's many. We're a little bit more aware. Our awareness is a little bit more expanded, and it comes through cycles. Like when Jesus walked the earth, and he resurrected, he left with us, or instilled within us the Holy Spirit. He he brought that to our minds, so that uh, we could have a guide. Um, to lead us back to truth. Because when we forgot the truth, we just started making things up to to make this human experience make sense to us. 
um, we defined everything and gave it meaning. And um, most of that meaning was based on fear because uh, not knowing who we are and why we were here, it, it's a scary experience. <laughs> it can be. So Holy Spirit took everything we made and repurposed it and gave it a holy meaning that would direct us back to truth, back to, um, and it, came, it comes from within, so we can have a space there to remember um, and, and to recognize that I am a spirit. I am spirit, whole, one, united with God in love with all my brothers. And yet in this human experience, what shows up what's, and what's important to me is uh, how I've defined it, how I respond to it, what is my relationship with it. And, um, you know, and what you were sharing, Sandra, you know, I can repurpose everything for the purpose of love and truth. I may not know the nitty-gritty. I may not know what anything means. But I know if I choose love, it will bring me peace. It will heal me. It will give me clarity and, and also a certainty that wherever it's leading me, it's leading me back to peace and truth and love and God and unity with my brothers because I think um, we do express ourselves every I think God is expressed uniquely through every one of us God sees himself and recognizes himself in every one of us um, but the core the unity of us all is one there's nothing outside of that it's all inclusive it doesn't mean that I don't exist or you don't exist it just means for me that we all exist in the one love, the one meaning of God. So differences, just like anything else that shows up in my sometimes wacky dream, when I, when I look at what shows up in my life, I, you know, I'm like the observer watching the movie called The Life of Lana, and and like any movie, there's dramatic scenes, there's funny scenes, there are ridiculous scenes, um, there are scary scenes. But um, what I'm remembering is how to respond, and the response is always singular. I respond with love. I embrace everything, the good, the bad, and the ridiculous, with love because that's the response that I know will heal me. And um, differences show up in our human expression of life, you know. It's um, everyone's story is a little bit different depending on how I've defined it and what meaning I've given to whatever shows up. And when I can, and it, and it applies also to my brothers, you know, they're having their own little unique experience of why they're here, who they are, what they should be doing. And um, it's, it can be, it can seem sometimes like a ping pong match 
between egos. And if I see my brother um, uh, say or do or believe in something different than what I experience for truth, I got to, you know, in order to maintain my peace, I got to give him permission to be whatever he's being because whatever he's being or she's being is perfect for them in their awakening, just like whatever I'm being. I mean, we can't make any mistakes here because in truth, it's, you know, we're going back. We're actually traveling back to our origin. We're coming back and re-experiencing it in a new way, in a, in a way that calls for love, um, regardless of what shows up. So all I know is that when I embrace everything, you know, be it physical pain or emotional pain or situations or relationships, when I respond with love, I get a better outcome. I I heal whatever is showing up because I'm making that one choice that's constant and real and true for all of us that we're love, that um, that energy of love created us, sustains us, and heals us and brings us peace. So, um, you know, just like the basics of A Course of Miracles, everything is either love or fear, and that's called forth. Whatever's called forth is my choice. I can respond with fear and have a scary movie to watch or I can respond to love and see a happy ending, which really has no end. You know, so differences are just um, another scene in the movie. Oh, in this scene, I see they had, there are two opinions here. And, and the one that I share with my brother is the one which unifies us all. You know, we all, I think, want peace. And the means for attaining it is responding to love. And as we continue to awaken and our memory returns, you know, it's like a recognition. It's not really learning anything new or, you know, it, it's just a recognition of what was always true. We just forgot. It's, it's like... Finally, love recognizes love and remembers itself. That's how we remember, is through love. And there isn't anything else that will do it, <laughs> you know. So um, we go from not thinking we have a choice, we're an ego, and that's all there is, to seeing that we do have a choice. And sometimes we choose wisely and sometimes we don't. And then eventually we evolve where we see we, we don't really have a choice. There's only love. And why would I want to choose anything else and peace? So anyhow, um, that's how it all untangles for me. I just focus my mind and point it towards love. And Holy Spirit much takes over from there. He untangles the messes, all the effects of my thinking and my beliefs and brings them back to love and healing. So, anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, that was so good. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. Yes, it was. For just a little walk. Mama. I'm sorry. Two people talking at the same time. I didn't hear. I think Laurie said something. Oh, I said that was a gorgeous walk, Lana. Reminded oh, me of that oh, quote. Oh. Um, way you. back in the manual for teachers, it, it talks about how are healing and atonement related, and um, and and you covered um, you covered so beautifully the removal of blocks to love's awareness and the essential recognition that. Um, the atonement is inclusive of absolutely everything, and he acknowledges there um, that it takes it takes a while for me in navigating uh, the effects of judgment and conditioning to realize that everything is love, <clears throat> that the atonement, the love of God, is universal and includes absolutely everything, and um, and. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to step in at this point. Um, but I loved your share very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. And all this sharing about one love reminds me of a famous song. One love, one light. Let's get together and feel all right. Thank you. <laughs> Yay, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Perfect. It's Harrison. Um, I think it comes down to whether or not we accept what the Course says literally or whether or not uh, we want to include uh, a, a different way of looking at what it says. Um, when I read a lesson that says, let me perceive no differences today, no differences. Um, the one thing about the course that I notice is that there's really no equivocation. Um, it doesn't play to um, our concerns or issues or how we've seen things in the past. So when he says that there is one son, and when he says, why should I perceive a thousand forms in what remains is one? I think there is a tendency uh, for my mind to want uh, to embrace differences 
uh, including different thoughts and ideas that exist in my mind. Uh, but I believe that there is one self and that in order to remember that one self, I have to deny the ego's thought system of differences. That there are no differences. There's no difference between you and I in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if we have different beliefs, different origins, different parents. None of that matters because this world of differences does not exist. It just doesn't. The only thing that's real is what God created. And when you look at these lessons and the commentary, what is the body? <laughs> it's all points to the imaginary nature of our existence here. Doesn't matter who we are, what we do, it's an imaginary existence. And that doesn't deny that we think we are experiencing ourselves as bodies. We think we are, but that doesn't make it real in the God sense of the word. And it, it doesn't deny the fact that we seem to be experiencing it. But if we really want to escape from all that seems to be happening in this world, in this delusion, in ourselves, our experience as bodies, if we really want to escape from that, then we have to deny the reality of that world of that experience. Now, for some, they would see it as a radical way of looking at it. And to the world it is. But it's, it's one thing that I have noticed about the Course is that it is perfectly consistent 
with the ideas that there are no differences. And if God has one son, you and I are not different. We who are one recognize this state the truth about ourselves. We will come home and rest in unity. For there is peace and nowhere else can peace be sought and found. What a wonderful gift. What joy comes when we accept the unity of God's creation without opposite. God's will is without opposite. And what is God's will? Perfect peace, perfect happiness, absolute oneness. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harrison. That was beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Well, (laughs) it's the top of the hour again. You perceive no differences. Um, What's this for you? And I'm, um, I'm, I just love the title of this section six, the resolution of the dream, because um, making an ego for myself, I did not realize that I was making my own dream, um, the dream of separation the dream of differences, the dream of specialness. And, um, and I've said often, you know, uh, that this is my experience. It's as though truth suddenly comes into my awareness where before I had seen something else. It's like, um, the experience is like, I would say it's like little cat feet. Oh, where have you been? You know, well, always when my mind derives the truth. And over these many years, if I've learned anything at all, I've learned that it's just like it says in the introduction to this Course in Miracles. The meaning of love can't be taught. But this course is about removing all the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. That part, that part's mine. And the rest of it is like little cat feet. And it turns out in, in, the, in the state of peace that peace arrives 
um, not from someplace else. It doesn't come like that. It comes uh, from deep down inside my mind. And the only thing that had obscured it before was my wish for conflict, my wish for differences, my wish for specialness. And, um, and so we're guided so carefully, step by step by step, through these lessons that I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me, to let me perceive no differences. Step by step by step. Isn't it beautiful that um, we're guided in this way? It's as if, I shared this with a brother one time, it's as if before we came here, we we knew we would get lost in the dream. And so we wrote together a beautiful manuscript of how to return. And on little cat feet coming up behind my mistakes is truth. Every single time I let go of an illusion. In the end, and I say end uh, metaphorically, uh, when peace arrives and truth arrives, it's as if this being were a plane with two wings. One wing is forgetting and the other wing is remembering. And Lana, I so appreciate uh, the statement that we are going backwards to a state we never left. And every lesson Every lesson is presented once again, so this time I can make a different choice. You know, um, the things that hurt me, the things that cause suffering, the things that uh, I lament and feel pain and guilt and what have you, are all things that it is my will to release. That is my true will. And um, and through practicing the lessons, a little cat feet. One day I realize that um, innocence can truly, truly be known, not with the body's eyes, um, but because of lessons like I call upon God's name and on my own. You know, all the little things disappear, all the meaningless things are gone. And I realize that my heart is actually a temple, um, a temple to the unity um, of this being and every being with with God. In the end, <laughs> I say again, in the end, you know, I let go enough illusions. These beautiful things that he talks about um, can actually be experienced not because of anything Lori ever did. <laughs> no, 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 because it was always the truth. It was just always the truth. And when I forget my lessons, I remember. So what? what is my part? What is my part but to recognize I'm given a new purpose. I'm given a new purpose and it turns out this gift this gift of loving awareness 
is something that grows and grows and grows every single time I share it. Every single time I include someone in my blessing. It's said by many people, and he says it himself in the lesson, lesson 127, um, that this is a catapult lesson. There is no love but God. And and when I realize that through forgetting all the things I taught myself, I can remember that there is no love but God. And I become changed in my purpose where before everything was uh, designed in my life to uphold my version of myself, my self-concept, my personality, my uh, my intellect, the things that I valued about myself were all blocks to the awareness of truth, those blocks of specialness. And if I hold specialness as as an ideal, I cannot avoid projecting that out. And when I do, I hurt myself. So nothing I learned came easily. I just had to keep hurting myself until I realized <laughs> that I don't want to hurt myself anymore. <laughs> you can but hurt yourself. He says it right in here. Um, every brother has the ability to release me if I will to be re- released. That's a phenomenal teaching. You know, giving and receiving our one in truth is a phenomenal teaching. When I use that, um, um, you know, when I use the the teaching that you need the blessing, you need the blessing your brother can give you. I've got a different purpose now. I can I can participate with the Holy Spirit in setting up situations where people can realize the love they are. And that feels phenomenal. I can choose a miracle uh, to change my mind about what I thought I saw before. And, uh, and I'm so grateful. Um, I'm so grateful that on little cat feet, it turns out to be like this. He says it in in chapter 4, in the escape from fear. He says, the habit of engaging with God and his creations is easily made. If you actively refuse to let your mind slip away, the problem isn't one of concentration. It's the belief that no one, including yourself, is worth consistent effort. Side with me consistently against this deception and do not permit this shabby belief to pull you back. Your mind and mine, this is Christ saying to my mind and heart, your mind and mine. And this gift that he talks about in this lesson, in this reading, give him the gift. All he's asking for me is to recognize I share my will with him. There is no other will but God's. That is my will. I share that with God. The second gift he asks me is the recognition my mind can only serve. And I'm always choosing who I want to serve. The spirit or the ego. 
I'm always doing that constantly. When I give that gift, it's like saying an acknowledgement to Christ's mind that yes, I believe you when you say your mind and mine can unite and shine in your ego away and releasing the strength of God in everything you think and will and do. Do not settle for anything less than this. And refuse to accept anything but this is your goal. Watch minds carefully for any beliefs that hinder its accomplishment and just step away from them. Just step away from them. That's forgetting. Judge how well you've done this by your own feelings. For this is the one right use of judgment. And you'll discover that without your allegiance, protection, and love, the ego cannot and does not exist. Your mirrors of truth which God himself shines in perfect light. Your ego cannot prevent him from shining on you, but it can prevent you from letting him shine through you. This is my true will. I agree with this purpose. And this is my function. And when I share that, um, I'm delivered to... The recognition that when I identify with love, I'm safe, I identify with love, and I'm home, I identify with love, and find capital self, from which we could never be separated. Creation wasn't, creation's impossible like that. It's impossible. Forget and remember, I'm complete. Oh, thank, you, thank you so much. Oh, just thank beautiful, Glory. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, uh, for making this such a beautiful call today. Um, the resolution of the dream is a real apex point in this, in this course, and I'm so glad we shared it together. So we'll end the recording, but um, 